Hello everyone and welcome to the Pakistani Corner Shop with Rai. Today we have a wonderful guest who will be discussing her journey to meeting someone for marriage. This can be quite a tricky process, particularly if you're DC and when you have parents who really want you to get married as soon as you're 18. So with my guest here in mind, tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of your process to trying to meet someone. So I am currently 27 years of age and we've done the whole looking for someone about a year and a half but it's been relatively full on so as soon as I'd say yes I'll get to know a guy within a couple of days we're having a chat etc and then as soon as I say no to someone which obviously I've said no to everyone so far or they've said no to me straight away right on to the next one let's move on there's no time to waste and it's like there's no time to process the end of one person mm. and think about what has come out of that conversation what has come out of me meeting this person to the next one so it's like it's a bit of a merry-go-round like one after another and what is it that you find when you're speaking to these potentials what's the setup when your parents are introducing you to these potential people so a couple of them have come to our house. A few have just been like coffee shop meetings. Some of them I've just said, I'll just speak to them on the phone, get a vibe and then decide if I want to meet them in real life because just speaking to them on the phone, I can decide like, do I even want to waste more of my time yeah. going to meet someone for a coffee? Because even though they say coffee meetings half an hour, they're never half an hour long. They take, they go on for quite a while. <laughs> And even though my coffee's finished, I'll just carry on chatting and I feel really like, right, okay, I need to go now. That's how the setup has been thus far. And do you find that if you reject a potential proposal, your parents feel like you're being too picky? Yes. Um, I feel like when I've said no to people in the past, I've been asked to give certain reasons why you say no. But why? What's wrong with him? whereas when men have rejected me I've asked for feedback I'd ask why did they say no say no what is their reason I'd get told oh we don't know they just said no I say no it has to be justified but when they say no it's completely fine why do you think that it is I really don't know I feel like because men it's like what you said in one of your previous podcasts like men can get married whenever they want there'll always be women out there searching to some extent whereas for women it's like I don't feel it is so much harder for ladies anyway it's so much harder I feel I think the struggle is a lot of the time that I've said this so many times that there is such an abundance for men of women that are decent intelligent beautiful hard-working women and because yeah. they know there's such an abundance, they know they can be picky. Whereas with women, <laughs> it's a bit like I've got to find the best out of the worst because they don't yeah. have to really raise their standard because they know that the woman will be able to fulfill that kind of um, unequal disparity between the genders. And she will be mm -hmm. able to make far more effort than he has to. So why would a man want to make an effort if he knows a woman's going to be able to do 70% of that relationship? That's the thing. It's because men have never exactly felt the need to do anything. Mm. 
And because they've never felt the need to do anything or be better or anything, they, they're in the mindset of, well, why should I bother? I don't need to. Right. Whereas women have been the opposite. Like from a young age, if you don't know how to cook, you'll never get married. If you can't do X, Y, Z, what's your husband going to say? What are your in-laws going to say? If you can't cook or clean properly at, at your in-laws' house, they'll question your home training, etc. Whereas what about a man's, man's home training? It's interesting that you call it training because there's two sides to that. One is the concept that a woman has to be almost robotically processed to be able to do certain skills. and also. Mm-hmm. The term trained is also a bit like a dog, you know, where you're trained to be something to somebody else. You're serving other people. Whereas what about serving yourself and making yourself happy? Is your fulfillment not um, allowed, essentially? And I think when we look at our parents, whether they are the first generation or the second, a lot of the time the woman is secondary to a man. And Mm. now... Is that still the same? Do you think that we're still being, inverted commas, trained to serve our in-laws and our husband or have things progressed? Um, I do feel like with the older generation, they are well and truly in that mindset. Like one of the ways it just stands out to me most is like when we have like large family gatherings. Mm. Um, Now, I've got like 50 first cousins. We're a huge, huge family. But even then, many first Women are in the kitchen preparing all the meal for the men, and then whatever's left over, or whatever gets rustled up whilst the men are eating, is for the ladies. And then we're just like, right, men, go enjoy your male privilege, have nice, fresh, warm food. We'll just take what we can get after. And it's like, well, women do more work, so to speak, in terms of running a household and stuff, yet they have to wait to eat. It's quite a big one. It's it's very different in my family, but that's only because my mum is very much of the equal mindset. But I mm-hmm. do know in a lot of families, it is very much the men are served first, the women are secondary, they're secondary citizens. So now thinking about you meeting men in you know 2020, what is it that A, you're looking for, and B, the type of people you're meeting, do they, well, Maybe they're not meeting your criteria, which is why you've rejected a few of those. But what is it that's not quite clicking? For me, I'm very much of the mindset of I'm not asking for anything that I can't give. I'm not asking for a man to make six figures or to have a house or to do things I myself can't do because that's unfair. Like if I can't do it, why would I expect someone else to bring that to the table also? But we can work together to reach that end goal. And that's my mindset. The people that I've met so far, I feel like they're very settled in their jobs. They want to stay at home with their family. They don't want anything around them to change much. And then for me, it's like, I want to progress. I want to be better. I want to do better. I have certain personal goals that I want to reach. And I would like to have a partner to reach these goals with. And if a man in his mindset is like, no, I'm comfortable. I want to stay where I am. Well, there's no ambition and no drive there. And that's one of the main things that's like, it really just put me off like they have no ambition or drive to do better or be better whether it's like financially personally anyway if that's understandable so what do they when you have a conversation with them what is their end goal is it just as you said to coast is it that you would move into their family and nothing would really change it's just an extra human in the house who's going to serve 
the parents, what is it that they're expecting? Or are men a little bit more subtle now because they know a lot of women don't want to just be a housewife or, you know, look after the in-laws. How do they approach subjects when they are coasters? How do you know that they, that's sort of what they want? This is me. They don't approach the subject. They don't want to um, express how the house dynamics will work mm. in, in case it puts a woman off. Like in all the conversations I've had, they have never approached that subject. It's always been me bringing it up. Right. I'd say, right, so if I'm living with yourself and your family, how is that dynamic going to work? What is expected of me as A, a daughter-in-law, and B, as a wife? They say, oh, yeah, you'd help my mum with the cooking and cleaning, you'd help my mum with the shopping, you'd help my mum, you'd help my mum. It's like, it's not my job to help your mother. And essentially you're marrying the husband, not the mother. And while it's okay to support your in-laws, it would also be acceptable for your husband to do the same for your family. But to bring that up is like an outcry, like you're being disobedient mm. to the culture and mm. the way that we run things, inverted commas. So the type of men you've met, they're coasters, they lack ambition. A little bit like mummy's boys, I think we've discussed previously. What what examples have you seen of mummy's boys? Well, actually, there's one relatively recently. We had a coffee meeting and we decided we'll just like talk on the phone and text until our next meeting. Mm-hmm. We both agreed that's fine. And I was happy to do that because of COVID. Um, and we got on really, really well. About a week or so later, I get a message out of the blue. Hi, my mum says it's best we don't text until it's time for our meeting. We'll talk soon. Haven't heard from him in a month. Oh, amazing. So so his mother said uh, that you can't speak. Was there a reason? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's like so you don't get caught up in anything. I don't know. But he literally said, my mum said it's a good idea for us not to talk as much until we next meet. Speak to you soon. If that had come from him himself, or he agreed with what his mum said, that's fine. But I feel like he did it because his mum told him to do it. And this is a premonition of how your life may look if you did end up marrying this person. Because if he's listening to his mother, which is fine, there's nothing wrong with listening to what your parents are saying to some degree. No, not at all. But... If you have issues, God forbid, if you have issues with within your marriage later down the line and he puts his mother first or he puts his parents first, then whose priority are you? Because your parents have essentially, without meaning to sound rude, in our culture, they've shipped you off now. They've shipped you mm-hmm. to another family. And that family is not prioritizing you because the husband or the mother-in-law is that priority so where does your importance lie i don't think it does right i truly don't think it does and that's scary because you assume that in 2020 we've grown so much and one thing that i've said recently is women are evolving you know you're an ambitious intelligent great person and you're successful you don't need to rely on a man for anything but you'd like somebody, of course, as a life partner, whatever the, the term might be. But men don't really see that. They sort of see a woman still within that mind frame of a traditional wife, whether they want to admit it or not. So while women are progressing over the last few decades, what is the point if their involvement 
is now going to be boxed up when they get married. Women are leveling up, so to speak. Yeah. They're realizing their true potential, whereas men are staying the same. Yeah, exactly. Men are not evolving. I don't why, I don't know, but they're not. And a good question is why do women feel the need to evolve so much? Because obviously looking at the generation before us, they would work until they'd have children, then they'd stay at home or work part time after. But now women want it all and they can have it all. They can have a family, they can have a marriage, they can have children, they can work. And that is how my, that's how my mindset is anyway. I can have it all and I will have it all. I don't need to pick and choose what I can have. But it's interesting because it will still be dependent on a man's view of things. Because mm-hmm. without being, you wouldn't be able to get married unless, of course, you have the husband. You won't necessarily be able to have those kids unless, of course, you're adopting or it's on your own without that man. And then, mm-hmm. and unless you have a man who wants the same things, it's very, very difficult. And you mm-hmm. mentioned um, a little while ago to me that you had a few dating disasters. And one of the things that you mentioned was that sometimes when men you know, approach you or they introduce you, they say some really inappropriate things. And one of the things you mentioned to me was quite alarming. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So this is through um, a person who sets people up. They just basically have lots of profiles. And if, say, one profile catches your eye, you just say, yes, I'd like to get to know so-and-so. And this middleman or woman just swaps numbers and then they lead you to it. Mm-hmm. We had our first conversation, and it was going fine. It was slightly strange. She said, "Oh, so what sort of actors do you find attractive? What's your type, etc." Um, slightly strange, but I was like, "Okay, whatever, it's fine." Then he started asking, "Oh, so what's your figure like? What's your dress size? What's your body type?" Gosh, and it wouldn't like be constantly. Not perverted questions, but like strange questions. Yeah, a little strange question that they go about, it's like normal conversation. And then the bombshell was, um, he was like, Oh, so do you have any baggage? I'm like, Well, what do you mean baggage? I'm single, I'm not divorced, I don't have any children. What baggage could I possibly have apart from having a lot of clothes? He's like, No, baggage, isn't it? It's like, What's baggage? You need to be explicit. Because for me, I'm not answering the question unless I 100% know exactly what you're trying to ask. So, do you have any sex toys? And I was like, pardon? Yeah, sex toys. You know what they are? Like vibrators, dildos, Javani. I was like, I am not at liberty to answer that question. And I'm not going to answer that question. And with that, I'm going to end the conversation. I blocked them straight away. Mm. All the person who introduced us, she took them off the profile website. And that was it. We didn't hear from them again. And I was just like, from the first conversation, yeah. imagine the balls a person has to have to ask that sort of question. But you can see some of the hints were there where he was talking about your dress size and it was very inadvertently, but the hints were there. But you sort of just brush it off because you're thinking, hmm, they're subtle. Maybe he's just mm-hmm. trying to work me out. Maybe he's just trying to work out what's attractive to me. But asking a question such as, do you have baggage covertly? And then telling you, actually, this is what I mean, is very disturbing purely because we we come from a culture where, you know, shame is everything. 
And also we don't have really explicit conversations. And you might have that when you're in a marriage, in a partnership with someone that you're comfortable with. But to be asked something like that by someone, A, shows their intentions, but B, also shows what they might think of you and how openly they can ask such a question, which is so inappropriate. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't pleasant. And after that, I said, look, I just need to take a break from speaking to people. Like, I need to process what's happened. Mm. That's what I did. I said, I'm not prepared to speak to anyone for a while. And you had another uh, incident with somebody who was sort of exaggerating, which I think people tend to do. I don't know if it's a basic thing. I'm not going to say it is. But where someone was referring to their job title and the type of person they were. And what was the reality of that? Um, I got sent a profile of someone. They put currently working as a manager at Sainsbury's and a professional cricket player. It's okay. Interesting. He's got this retail side. He plays a sport. We have a conversation. I ask him, so you play professional cricket. Where do you do that? How does that work? He played cricket for a couple of weeks in Australia a few years ago. (laughs) So apparently he was an unprofessional cricket player and it was short term and short lived. Yes. And then I said, okay, so tell me about your manager job at Sainsbury's. How is that? Oh, I just work at the customer service desk and sometimes I fill in at the petrol station. <laughs> I was like, right, okay, so what exactly do you manage? He says, oh, I'm a supervisor. But that's being a supervisor and being a manager are two different things. Like, I used to work in retail, even I know that. Synonyms, synonyms. Exactly. And I was like, all right, okay, so is any part of your profile true? Like, what's real, what isn't? We had a conversation and I went to tell, uh, it was my dad who passed on that profile. I said, Dad, look, you sent me this profile. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just that the majority of it is not true. Did your dad say anything to that? He said, oh, well, sometimes people put that. You shouldn't really take it to face value. He said, yeah, but you're the one who's sending me these things. And these are people who are approaching other people from marriage. They need to at least be honest for sure and just thinking of some of the pressure you're getting so of course sometimes you are rejecting people and your parents aren't suitably impressed with that at times but you're not going to marry somebody who's just essentially a bit of a loser what is the feeling that you're getting I mean you're only 27 and I say only because you are only 27 but how do your parents make you feel in terms of meeting someone at this age um it's more like them saying, oh, I'm so worried. I don't know what's going to happen to you. I don't know what to do with you. It's like when they tell me how worried they are and stuff, it's that sort of like guilt yeah. that's being placed on my shoulders. But really, okay, fine. I feel bad that they're worried, but at the same time, what are they worrying for? Like we're a relatively religious household anyway. Right. So... From that, they should know that everything is already written. There's no point stressing out about it. It'll happen in its own time when it's going to happen. So that's my point of view, but that's where most of my pressure comes from. It also comes from, like, aunties who I can't have a single visit with a certain auntie without her bringing up marriage or a bloke. 
like not just single conversation I can't go to visit her without her bringing it up right. and therefore I just don't visit because I'm sick of the same conversations and it affects your mental health it affects you know your self-confidence whether you directly consciously know that or not the amount of times mm-hmm. that you feel less than or a bit like a reject because of the way society, particularly our community, is making you feel. If you didn't have this pressure, I don't think you would feel less than anybody. It's the fact that people are drumming into your head, oh, you need to get married now, you need to be married before a certain age, come on, you know, we might end up passing away, what's going to happen to you? It's very, very dramatic. I can understand why they're saying some of this, but at the same time, they don't realize that this might push you into a marriage you're not prepared for and you don't want. You might end mm-hmm. up getting a divorce and then you're going to be known as the divorcee. Yeah, exactly. Like for me, I'm happier marrying late and marrying right than marrying early and it being wrong. Definitely. So on a final note, what would your advice or thoughts be for girls in particular, women who are feeling this pressure just like you are about meeting someone? What would you say to them? I say just as hard as it is, just carry on putting yourself out there. If you don't go to these meetings and such, it's not going to happen. But at the same time, protect yourself. Yeah. Protect yourself emotionally, financially, any way you can. Just protect yourself but have an open mind at the same time and I know it's like um an oxymoron you can't do both but same, you've got to like not go out and meet people yeah because where otherwise you're not going to meet anyone so you've got to like be open to it but at the same time look after yourself because that's what I'm like I try to like I'll meet and I'll talk to pretty much everyone who I get introduced to because what's the harm in just a conversation yeah. and then I'll decide but in the meantime, I'm not putting my life on pause because I'm not married. Definitely. And don't go out meeting some dodgy Sainsbury's pretentious supervising <laughs> managers that are probably not doing anything. There's nothing wrong with Sainsbury's, but just don't not lie. At all. Just don't lie. Yeah, exactly. But um, no. thank you so much for your time. And I think just on a final note, what I would say as well is women are pressured far more than men about most things in life. And I Mm -hmm. think the one thing that I would say is do not rush into something when it does not feel right. And I'm saying that slowly because sometimes the pressure can really get to you and you end up making irrational decisions based on pressure. And then the outcome might be worse than the prospect. Thank you so much again to our wonderful guest. And we look forward to seeing you or joining us for a future session. Bye.